Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another short news flash podcast from PortugueseSoccer.com. My name is John Neves, recording this episode on the evening of Friday, June the 26th. Three big topics I wanted to talk about, a lot to unpack with each one. And of course, we start off first with the situation at Benfica and Bruno Lage. The results continue to disappoint the fans and Luis Felipe Vieira. Um, reports have that uh, Bruno Lage is expected to manage the team Monday when they travel to Madeira to play Meritimu. But by all accounts, he is not expected to return next season. And depending on the result on Monday, if they manage to lose points, he may not necessarily return to manage the team thereafter. Um, and as a result, there are a lot of rumors in the press. A few more names came out this evening in the newspaper, Kapush, about who could be the next manager of Benfica. And to start, um, last year when Bruno Lai started as manager, he was interim. He got off to a good start before landing a new contract. Um, they did well to begin in the Europa League. He helped them recoup a lot of points when they were trailing Porto by a lot. Um, he, of course, beat Nacional 10 to nothing, which people couldn't believe. That earned him a contract, not to mention the fact that the team last spring rolled over their opposition, especially in Portugal. It seemed like every day he was setting a new win record, a new Benfica record for successes. It was all going right. It continued in the summer. He won the Super Cup, demolishing, sporting. Uh, but then things started to kind of stumble a bit in the fall. Not a great opportunity, you know, performance in the Champions League. And they wound up losing their lead to Porto. And right now they find themselves trailing by three points. And they also don't have the tiebreaker. They lose the tiebreaker to Porto, which of course has the tiebreaker off the two regular season wins. But last year, people couldn't say enough good things about Bruno Lage. This year, the press is not saying a lot of good things about Bruno Lage. And after the press conference against Santa Clara, which, by the way, was one of the best matches of the year, 4-3, uh, perhaps Santa Clara's biggest win in their club history. But after that great match, um, from, from terms of a TV perspective, not necessarily for Benfica, but after the match, of course, Bruno Lage did meet with the press and he insinuated that he thought some members of the press basically were getting some free meals in return for promoting some managers in the press that could replace him as manager. And of course, that did not go well with the press union. And they shot back saying, look, last year you did great and we wrote all about it. We said all great things. This year, things aren't going so great. So that's the truth. And that's what we got to write about. And they wanted him also to retract his remarks. And that, of course, became a, a pretty big controversy. But right now, he is definitely in the hot seat. And some of the names being mentioned because... Most of the press consider him that he won't be around much longer, especially probably not even next season. But some of the names mentioned, are, of course, are the ones that I think some Benfica fans, but not all. A lot of people still have anger, and that's, of course, Jorge Jesus, who has a great situation in Brazil, making a lot of money. Um, he could walk down any street in, in uh, Brazil, and especially if they are Flamingo fans, they will buy him drinks, they will buy the food, they will treat him like a king. Um, in a country like Brazil, like Portugal, where it's very hard to make a lot of people happy for you, um, he's like a legend there. But he does have a contract until 2021. 
Obviously, he's not going to come back. I'd be surprised if he did with, you know, these five or six matches left, including the Tasa de Portugal. But supposedly, depending on what source you read news, there has been a conversation, although right now he doesn't appear to want to come back, at least not until the start of a new season. But that's going to cost Benfica a lot of money. Reportedly, Luis Vieira says that won't be a problem. So we'll see if this is true. I would be shocked if he came back. Um, if he does, he would obviously make a lot of demands about players. Um, he obviously, look, he was very successful at Benfica. And I'll go back to what I said again in my last podcast about he was one of the best managers that took advantage of the third-party system and really made those players what they were to get them to be sold for a lot of money. And he doesn't have that anymore. Uh, obviously, they can go out and get a Julian Weigel-type player and spend $20 million, but it's not like they're going to spend $80 million on four very good players to help him get his goals. So we'll see if he continues to be an option, but I'd say right now it's a long shot. Marco Silva does not have a job right now. Obviously, he's managed a lot of uh, different clubs, not only in Portugal, but in Greece and, of course, in the Premiership. So because he's available, his name has been mentioned a lot. A lot of fans would like to see Leonardo Jardim, but I don't think that's possible. He said in an interview about a month ago that he doesn't want to return to Portugal and manage. He wants to take advantage of the bigger opportunities abroad where, quite frankly, you can make a lot more money. That's just the uh, the truth, the economics of being a manager in Portugal. Um, you know, there's opportunities to make more money when you leave Portugal. Um, but the two names that came up in the newspaper record in the cover, the Kappa, and I'm not, I don't believe it. One is a former Spurs manager, Pochettino. Pochettino is a manager right now that if any of the really big giants in Europe are looking for a manager, he's bound to be one of the names they're going to go after. So I think he knows that eventually he's going to land at a very big club. Now, Benfica, with all due respect, Benfica fans is a big club. But I'm not sure if many people would see them being a big club with, let's say, a Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus, Bayern Munich, you know, all these type of clubs, you know, a club, you know, Man City, a club, you know, Arsenal, Spurs. He probably, not to mention the fact he'd make more money there as well, but I, I just think he's a long shot. It's good to have him on the cover. It's going to sell a few newspapers, but I would be surprised. Unai Emery is possible. Um, he had a lot of success with Seville, took him to a lot of Europa League finals. Of course, we know that he beat Benfica in one of them. Um, modest success with Arsenal, and I say that as a gunner. He did take him to a Europa League final, but they played that match against Chelsea. They were so lackluster. It was almost like they didn't even get up for the game, and things didn't end very well in Arsenal. But he could be a possibility because it helped, because of his success in Spain with Sevilla, and especially with the success that he had win the Europa League, um, he could be an intriguing possibility. Um, so we'll see if that's a possibility. Uh, I think for me, one manager that I think deserves a shot, and that's if he wants to manage a big club again. Uh, he knows Portuguese, football, soccer, whatever word you use in your part of the world. He's managing the Premiership. He's managing in Turkey. I put him down as one of the poll choices, and that's Carlos Carvajal. It's not a sexy choice by any means. But he is somebody that knows Portugal. You know, he gets frustrated sometimes by the fact, you know, if you, of course, know the result against Benfica, he thought something smelled out there. But he is somebody that knows Portugal. And I think he would be a very good fit as a manager because the bigger question is, is who can Benfica afford? And who's going to want to come to Benfica um, when 
you are a manager in Liga Nós. You obviously have a lot more resources, being one of the biggest three or four teams in Portugal. But the pressure to win is huge. And you almost have to be in a position to play players sometimes. And maybe you don't want to play in your 11, but it's important to play them, to raise their value. Because in Portugal, my friends, you have to sell players to make up for the type of money that we don't get with the TV deals and it's selling kits all the time. It's just, you know, if you've ever been to a Portuguese league match, Liga Nós, it is certainly a lot cheaper than it is to go to an EPL or La Liga match. And that's where the money comes in for the clubs to compete against the teams in Europe by selling their players. And you need a manager that understands that culture. Now, obviously, we've had, especially Benfica, you know, Porto tried to do that with Lopetegui. So it's not like hiring a foreign manager is a, is a um, you know, it's, uh, it's not like it's a new thing in Portugal. This obviously has happened before. But I think these times when selling players is very important and putting players in the position to be bought for as high as possible, I think you need a particular manager that understands Portugal and we'll see what Luis Felipe Vieira comes out. But based on the latest names right now, um, I would say, and I'm sure, by the way, we're going to hear a lot more. Don't worry. But Unai Emery, possible. And I think they should also look at Carlos Carvajal. Um, as far as looking at you know somebody in Portugal, I, I don't know of anybody that comes to mind. There is no standout managers. Um, the last big manager, which leads me to my third topic, that could have managed a team like Benfica, but he is now, of course, at Sporting, and that, of course, is Ruben Amarim, who I think right now is the best manager in Portugal. Obviously, he's having a lot more success than Bruno Lage. Many Porto fans will get upset at me saying that with regard to Sergio Conceição, because in Sergio Conceição's first year, he took a team and yet where they had some financial issues and they had to bring back a lot of players on loan, and they won the championship and they halted Benfica's streak of winning championships. But right now, the guy hasn't lost any Liga matches. He won his Liga matches with Braga. He continues to go without a loss with Sporting. Sporting has been the best team since the Liga has resumed. The two months that there was no football, no soccer, really benefited Ruben Amarin to learn more about the team, to learn more about the players. And so far, he's done pretty well. And I think you've got to give him that respect. And there is no doubt that when you talk about Portugal being a league that creates great players, he is in line to be that next great manager to come from Portugal. And, you know, Verandes said in an interview with Sporting TV a few weeks back that a guy like Ruben Amarim in a few years won't be able to stay at Sporting because there are going to be a lot of clubs that are going to want him. So when he does leave, he's going to pretty much sell. And obviously he will make the $10 million that they paid for him for Braga look like nothing by the time he goes to a bigger club and obviously they'll get some money out of that so but Ruben Amarin 10 points since the Liga has resumed and it makes you wonder as a sporting fan like I said in my last podcast okay they have 10 points that they've earned now since resuming if they had gone into the stoppage and let's say back in the fall instead of being down more than double digit points to Benfica and Porto they managed to keep it respectable to let's say eight or nine they might have had a shot to be back in the race, but they don't. And that just kind of tells you how really bad sporting struggled, you know, back uh, back in the fall and things didn't work out with Seelish. And that's where we are right now. But if you're a sporting fan, you have to be very happy with what you see. I think for the first time in a long time, you could be very happy with the future, not just because they're signing all these young players, but they're playing them and they are a part of the success 
Giovanni Cabral has found a second life. And, you know, a lot of problems get solved when you have a tremendous player that scores a lot of goals. There aren't many teams that win a championship when they don't have players that score, don't score a lot of goals. When you have players that get on a hot streak, you win a lot of those matches in this sport. And right now, they have a lot of great players that are doing very well. And I think for the first time in a long time, if you're a sporting fan, you should be very excited about your future because when you're a president like Verandas Luis Fierro or Pinto de Costa, there are several things that are very important. One is to win the Liga. Two is to make money on player sales. And three is to keep your fans, supporters happy. And the amount of complaints now you hear about sporting is a lot less than what you heard you know, as far back as a few weeks ago. Uh, when people were really upset at Brandis. So that decision so far is working. The 10 million euros is starting to pay off. Now, Ruben Amorim needs to go through a whole season. He needs to go through the ups and downs of a manager because eventually you do start to lose some matches. And how you deal with that adversity is very important, and he still needs to learn that. But for now, he has certainly pressed all the right buttons. And I think right now you should be very happy if you're a sporting fan. Um Quick side topic I want to spend 30 seconds on. Very sorry to see that the Volta de Portugal was postponed. They're still hoping to possibly do it later this year. Some of the uh, mayors from Viseu and Viana de Castelo weren't very happy with hosting one of the stages. I love the Volta de Portugal. It's a great thing to watch with a cold beer, big screen HD TV when they're going through the mountainside and some of these beautiful Portuguese villages. It's such a lot of fun to watch, and over the years, I've come to appreciate it more. Many years ago, I remember every time I saw it on TV, I would change the channel, but now I've come to enjoy it a lot, and I love their slogan, their theme when they start playing the music. Hopefully, they'll come back, much like we hope that a lot of things in Portugal will uh, come back. And the last thing I wanted to talk about, coronavirus scare in Portugal, as we know. Freguesias, uh, around 14 or 15 of them, in the area of Lisbon, uh, have undergone new restrictions. Apparently, a lot of cases are starting to rise in those specific areas. These restrictions are not for the entire Lisbon region. They are for a certain part of Lisbon that is having some issues with rising positive cases. And I'm bringing this up because it is related to football soccer. We're hosting the Champions League Final Eight in August. And one of the newspapers in Spain, one of the big newspapers, the Daily, uh, El País, had on the front cover of the newspaper, it wasn't necessarily the, the story, but it was one of the stories on their newspaper the other day, Portugal locking down 3 million people because of a rise in corona cases. Obviously, the Portuguese press was quick to correct because we're not talking about 3 million people locked down in Lisbon. It's a terrible uh, mistake they made. But at least they got the word out in Europe that there is concerns in Lisbon. And Portugal relies on tourism. It relies on its good name as a tourism site. So hopefully in the next few weeks... This can get under control like it has been under control in the rest of Portugal. And that, of course, you know, these matches could be played. Uh, one of the newspapers, Ojoga, reported tonight that the round of 16 matches, there's still several that I need to finish, might be played in uh, Porto and Guimarães stadiums. Um, so that is gaining some momentum. That, of course, was an idea that I had mentioned in my last podcast. But apparently since then, the idea is starting to grow. And there's a possibility that Porto and Guimarães could, in fact, host those, match, host those matches. Um, and again, you're talking about some of the biggest clubs in the world. 
coming to play in the biggest competition in the world, club club competition, that is. And that's a big thing for Portugal. So hopefully everything goes okay. And I'm not just talking about Lisbon. I'm talking anywhere around the world. Hopefully this dreaded coronavirus goes away and that we could all go back to our normal lives, which until we get a vaccine won't necessarily be 100% normal. But at least in your area, and I'm glad to say in mine, things are getting better. And I hope that will continue. So please wear a mask. I'm not making a statement saying that. Please wear a mask. Take care of your families. Continue to enjoy the incredible storylines. Uh, I know right now it's not an exciting time for Benfica, but you got to admit it is very interesting. Porto fans are happy. Braga fans are happy that they want to match. I already told you how happy sporting fans are. A lot of competition for the Europa spots in Portugal. Um, and one last thing about the Liga champion. Whoever wins between Porto and Benfica gets 40 million euros. And don't think that's going to be a very important consideration for Luis Fliet as an ex-manager because they need to find the right manager that's going to help them win the league and get that $40 million for qualifying for the Champions League. But I'll go into more details about that in my next podcast. Ciao, everybody. Stay safe, okay? <laughs>